Good morning again, everyone. Uh, yeah, um, um, it's the second week in our Lenten sermon series called What He Saw, where we're, um, we're taking a gander. We say that in Michigan? Michiganders, right? So we can say gander. Um, that's good. Um, we're, taking a, <laughs> we're taking a gander uh, 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 through the eyes of Jesus um, uh, to see what he saw from the cross. And last week, we saw alongside Jesus the city of Jerusalem, the city of Zion, the city of David. And we were reminded that the city of Jerusalem is a city that finds a way. David found a way to take the city. Jesus trusted that the city would find a way to become what John of Patmos wrote about the city in the book of Revelation. And we encourage one another to be the kind of community that finds a way. Today, we, alongside Jesus, take a look from the cross to see the temple. My daughter wrote the daily devotion on this passage also for today. I didn't realize that Pastor Angela would set me up like this, that I'd be competing with my daughter uh, for the thrust of this passage, but I think that if you get that devotional, you'll see that there's some parallel. We may have had a conversation uh, uh, about the text before she wrote. Let us pray. Chatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels that hearing we might believe, and believing obey. Amen. So as much as I just said, we are beginning this Lenten sermon series on, on what he saw, I want to actually pause our regularly scheduled Lenten programming to do something a bit different. Because see, today is the day that we celebrate Daylight Savings Time. Right? I mean, isn't that what we do with Daylight Savings? We, cel we celebrate today. Come on, guys. Hey! hey. Yeah. You deserve this day of celebration, though. You deserve it. Because in Michigan winters, albeit amateur hour as compared to Maine winters, <laughs> Mi Michigan winters are no joke. Uh, the, the cold, the overcast sky. They're a task to endure for sure, so you deserve this. So today, as we creep forward toward that first day of spring, which simply will mean for us that we've got another month or so of winter, <laughs> I, want, I wonder if you'll let me take you to the beach. Take you to the beach today. I prefer salt water, but fresh water's fine. Fresh water's fine. Sand is required, though. Warm sand. Set your chair down in a good spot, somewhere close enough to the water so that it will come up and lap at your feet from time to time. Ease into that chair. Let your weight sink the chair down an inch. 
maybe two inches if it's been a thick winter. <laughs> Place your cold drink in the cup holder and marvel at the condensation that builds up all around it. Take a sip. Rest your book on your lap. You've been saving this book for this moment. Look over the water and notice all the things, the waves and the boats, the heat of the sun. Breathe. <sighs> Unless, of course, you've brought a baby to the beach. <laughs> Am I right, Matt? Because then you can do none of these things. Have you ever brought a baby to the beach? A beach is supposed to be the place where you go and you sit down and you relax and you bring a cold drink and you read that saved book, but babies get hot and fussy. Babies need sunscreen layered on them every 15 minutes. Babies get sand in the chip bag. Babies have no interest in your drink or your book. Trust me, as much as I love that my children span over 14 years, four of them over 14 years, it means that I am 42 years young and I've never once experienced the beach without a baby <laughs> as an adult. Sometimes church can be like bringing a baby to the beach. We're supposed to be here for one thing, but we find ourselves here consumed with any number of less dedicated things. We're supposed to come and find spiritual wellness and restoration. We're supposed to come and find a way to embody the sentness of the Great Commission. But instead we find something fussy. We find something that needs an excessive amount of internal concern. Will Willimon is a bishop, as a pastoral force in the Methodist church, and he comments that in the Methodist church they are closing one church every day. Oh, by the way, the Presbyterian Church USA on the same trajectory. At its current rate of shrinkage the PCUSA will not exist in 20 years. Willimon says he knows why. He says, you go to any of those churches that die, and I bet they are somehow confused about being sent. Somehow they got confused into thinking that the purpose of the church was to gather with like-minded people to talk about Jesus for a little bit and then go out to lunch. The church is supposed to be about God getting what God wants in the world, but I worry the church is putting a lot of energy into basically internal concerns, who is welcome, who is in excluded, and so on. He says, from what I've seen, the Lord is not nice to churches that are confused about that. And he goes on to tell this story about a church that he visited in Birmingham when he was a bishop, Church of the Reconciler, 
At Church of the Reconciler, they serve breakfast to people experiencing homelessness. Almost every day of the week, they serve this breakfast. And he walked into this church and he went into the kitchen and he saw this man washing dishes, 7 a.m., washing dishes. And he thought that he might recognize this man. He looked familiar. So he approached the man. He said, I'm the bishop. And the man said, I know who you are. And Willeman said, well, aren't you... Aren't you a member of Kirk in the Hills? I mean, aren't you a member of Canterbury Church, that big affluent church with a lot of members? Aren't you an attorney? What are you doing here at 7 o'clock in the morning? He said, this is so inspiring. Have you always enjoyed working with the homeless? The man said, who says I like working with the homeless? He said, well, you're here. What, what, what led you here to this ministry? And the man said, I'm here for the same reason you're here. I was sent here. See, the church can be like taking the baby to the beach. It's supposed to be about one thing. Like, it's supposed to be a, a, about what that man was about supposed to be about being sent into the world so that God can get what God wants in this world. But it isn't long before we're busy about something we were never supposed to be busy about, arguing about worship preferences, (laughs) keeping out those that make us think and be changed, finding reasons not to help. And so sometimes the church, even though we love it, just like we love those babies, the church can be like crunching sand in your teeth. This is the kind of church that Jesus was looking out upon when he set his eyes on the temple from his place on the cross. It was a church that was misdirected and out of sync with what it was supposed to be doing. (laughs) Jesus had a complicated relationship with the temple, to say the least. Complicated. Some of the first pictures that we have of Jesus' life are, are of him at the temple. When he's first born, we learn this in Luke 2, Mary and Joseph take the baby Jesus to the temple to receive a traditional blessing, and it's there that he's honored by Simeon and Anna, a great start to Jesus' relationship with the temple. And then in his childhood, we learn also in Luke 2 that Jesus kind of finds his way separated from his mother and, and ends up in the temple courts listening to the wisdom of the teachers. But over time, it seems like things between Jesus and the temple become complicated because here in the second chapter of the Gospel of John, we find Jesus offering this soulful rebuke to the temple. And it might be just a hunch here that that soulful rebuke had something to do with his current position on the cross. What do you think? But they'd earned it, this rebuke. See, the temple, the temple, even the temple as we know it today, I think this is really interesting. 
It's built on a place called Mount Moriah. It was once called Mount Moriah. And it's a place of significance to all three Abrahamic religions, the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims. And it's in part of great significance to those traditions because it is the place of Abraham's near sacrifice of Isaac. You may remember the story. It's represented in Genesis 22. It's there that God commands Abraham to take his son, his only son, the son that he loves, Isaac. He, he says, take him to the mount and do what the other ancient Near Eastern gods expected from their followers. Sacrifice the child. What other ancient Near Eastern gods expected? But just as Abraham is about to do it there on Mount Moriah, an angel calls out to him and shows him that there's a ram in the thicket given to him by God for the purpose of sacrifice instead of his son. And so, this place where the temple is it became sanctified as a place of God's great provision. It is the place where the community remembers that our God is unlike all of the other entities that some will call God. Unlike the other entities. Our God does not require us to pray on the weak for his own glory. In fact, he offers the weak protection by his gracious provision and yet in those days when Jesus offers that soulful rebuke to the temple those that sold the sheep and the cattle and the doves along with the ones changing the money they were there to take advantage of the weak that's what they're doing the poorest pilgrims coming to Jerusalem are coming there for Passover and they come with no animal sacrifice. And so to participate in the worship, they have to buy right there in the temple and you can just imagine the markup, like buying a water at Ford Field. They know you need it, but they can charge what they want. And oh, by the way, the temple tax, another worship requirement, it could, could not be paid in Roman currency since it bore the image of the emperor's head. And so they plied the poor by playing banker. And it is here, in the way that they were with the poor, that Jesus offers his most forceful no. Significant. I mean, you want to talk about repentance as Christians, consider where Jesus offers his most forceful no. It is in the way they were with the poor. How are we with the poor? How are you with the poor? One commentator writes, Jesus challenges a religious system so embedded in its own rules and practices that it is no longer open to a fresh revelation from God 
a temptation that exists for contemporary Christianity. And so God decided to do what Abraham didn't have to do. He gave up his own, his son, his only son, the one that he loved, Jesus. So there he is on the cross. The church is supposed to be about one thing. The church is supposed to be about one thing, but it has a long history of being consumed with quite a number of other things. Quite a number of other things. It has a long history of taking the baby to the beach, which is, as I said, something I'm quite familiar with. In fact, last summer, for the 16th or so summer in a row, we made the mistake, I mean, we had the pleasure of taking a baby to the beach. Lucy, she was here today, by the way. You can't miss her. She's got a ponytail right on the top of her head. Nice job, Mom. Looks good. <laughs> Proud moment. <laughs> Punky Brewster moment there. We took that baby. She was two. She, we took her to the beach. And, you know, you'll find this hard to, uh, hard to believe, but she was just as good at getting sunscreen in her eyes and sand in the snacks as her sisters and brother before Lucy actually, though, uh, had a tough time getting acclimated to the water. Maybe it was because the water felt cold to her or the waves were scary, but every time we took her down to the water, she'd just shake. We didn't stop doing it, but... (laughs) On one occasion, though, when her mother and her siblings were out playing in the Atlantic in in the churning of the waves, I... uh, I walked backward from our little beach site about 20 feet to where the water met the sand and let the waves lap up onto my feet. And as I walked away, she watched me. You're just going to leave me here? She must have thought. And I just waited, and the waves lapped up onto my feet, and her eyes were like darts shooting right through me. Finally, though, she kind of got up, and then she ran headlong right after me, and her feet splashed through the water, ignoring that cold, ignoring that fear, and I caught her up into my arms, and I threw her up in the air, and she laughed, she cackled, the most genuine baby laugh you can you can imagine, and then she wriggled her way back down to the ground, and then she waddled back up the sand to where we, we were sitting down, and then she turned back around, and she said, Daddy, run! And she ran back to me again, and she cackled, and she wriggled, and she waddled, and she said, Daddy, run! She came in the air, and then she cackled, and she wriggled, and she waddled, and she cackled, and she wriggled, and she waddled. And that is the shape of the church at its best. Can you imagine a church that trusts and runs at their heavenly Father even half as much as she ran toward her heavily flawed one on that day? That is the shape of a church that I want Jesus to to see, one that cackles and wriggles and waddles, one that runs, runs right 
into the water, the living water, the church that would experience being caught in the same way that Abraham and Isaac were caught on Mount Moriah that day. One much different from the one that Jesus saw from the cross, the one that was consumed with itself and in contempt of the poor. And so friends, the water is calling, not just for our church, but for the church in the world. It's alive and it's calling, the living water is calling. And may it be like with Lucy that we would be dragged out of our comfort zones and even into the deep, running with trust and joy, headlong and heart strong, following the example of the one on the cross and the baby at the beach. Amen.